Well, I don't really know how to do this anymore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... Skeen Partners. Skeen Partners. We're <laughs> back in the saddle again. That's right. Welcome to Kiss 10659. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, to what? I don't know. I like it was the first thing radio thing I could think of. Do you think we can still do this? Maybe. All right. Well, we're gonna see. It's been a while. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our warm embrace into the life of Chris and Cody on <laughs> Scene Partners. Mm-hmm. I hope that you slide back into this episode like a glass of cold, slightly warm milk. milk. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe used to have a little bit of cereal in it. Just a, a nice reminder uh, of the way simpler times. Yeah, simpler, yeah, simpler yeah. Times. Well, it a lot of a lot of life has happened since we true. have recorded last, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited. It feels kind of strange to be sitting back in the chair. Yeah, I'm also thinking like, why couldn't we bring another recliner in here for me over time? Yeah, <laughs> this is just this is. <laughs> You look real comfortable. That must be Some, nice. Something, you know, maybe the break wasn't a good idea. <laughs> it's given you some perspective. Like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I've been getting the short end of the stick. <laughs> you cho- you're, you are the official person. You get the official chair. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the sidekick. I'm the comedic relief. Yeah. I get the, the sidekick chair. I think that you think our roles are different than what they are. No, you just have to be more, like, precise <laughs> about things. You have a more precise chair. Well, I'll tell you what, let's uh, let's take it from, you know, you started this new job, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, and you had the last first show time there. that we recorded the podcast, we spoke a very long time and then we realized that we weren't recording any of it. That's true. <laughs> we went back and we had <laughs> the entire conversation. Um, which is kind of a me, fabulous that I me, even remember. Yeah, I was yeah, about okay, to say. Yeah, we are recording for sure. We should sure. probably just check back moment like every once in a while and just make sure. Like, yeah. Because it would be a shame two minutes in to just be We don't destroyed. know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> yeah, just to be destroyed. Um. So, yes, new job is going very well. We had our first show. It like, you know, it was it was amazing. It's really cool being able to teach. I mean. It's a whole bunch of different aspects of theater, but getting to go in every single day and to just explore and teach something that you love is really awesome. And um, also being able to do like a technical theater class, which is really cool. So we were able to dedicate so much time to building the set. But man, and I have to say it looked phenomenal. It looked so good. I accept the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt whenever I was. Why you had little sitting, to do with it? It was the kids. It was all the kids. <laughs> I didn't touch a thing. It's. I did kind of feel like you know one of those parents that shows up to the science fair and you're like, did you do this for your? Did your kid do this? Yeah. Kid, the kids did it. <laughs> the kids did it. It's, yeah. It was great. <laughs> um, your body but, screams in pain. <laughs> yeah. But I did feel, man, do I feel my age. And it has kind of gotten me thinking, you know, um, that and I've seen a couple of other shows and it's just it's just around town. And I'm just very interested in the sheer amount of people that we have and how little we have as far as like the jobs that are necessary to do a show. And like what all falls onto the shoulders of one person. And I find that like in smaller communities or kind of what we're in, especially in an educational setting and in a community theater setting, that one person ends up doing all of it, Mm -hmm. especially, and maybe some of it is just like a little David O. Selznicky of me, but it's, it's like, I'm afraid if I don't do it, then it won't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Not even so much that it won't get done right. It's just that it won't happen because people are always, you know, good intentions or everything, um, except whenever you need a final product. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, where, where are those? Can you just show up? With yeah, everyone's good like, intentions hey, look, uh, just call me if you need some help. Yeah. Call them. Yeah. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where, Disappeared. Where you? But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's interesting. So I, I was thinking about that and going and seeing other shows and seeing, you know, you get the program and you look down and you see like one person's name behind everything. Yeah. And sometimes they'll tag another person. I mean, I I don't do that. It's like, I, I'll just put go on as the director. Yeah. Like this other person 
either we'll just leave it off. Set designer, Cody Walker, sound yeah. designer, Cody we don't Walker. Ha- yeah, we don't have to do all of that. Yeah. Like, we don't have to do it. Just put my name on there one time, and we're moving on. Mm-hmm. And that's only for the purpose of, I don't know, I don't really even think I need a program. But anyways, um, so I've just been very interested in this. Like, why is it that we have people that, you know, want to direct the shows, and we have people that want to be in the shows, but it's so hard to get people to stick around and work on the technical side of things. Like where are my super passionate set construction people? Yeah. You know, that want to do like super amazing set construction because I love doing that. Like I love being able to create that environment and that world. It's such an interesting aspect of it. And I would love for that, you know, to just, if I was going to do that, to be the only thing I was going to do and be like, yeah. Oh, look at this. I'm done. Somebody else is doing things now, you know, know, just like sharing a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting and funny because no one really, because you have this thing in your head the whole Mm -hmm. time, even if you sketch it out, people will constantly um, ask you, what is this again? Where is this? Where's my entrance? What is this? And then once they see the setup, they're, oh man. Yeah. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I kind of almost long for, like, I love being able to be so involved in every aspect of the show. Like I, I'm not, I'm definitely not complaining about that, but I kind of long for the days of just being a director and saying, Hey, this is my concept. Show me, you know, what you can create from that. Mm-hmm. And then working with a set designer that way and then showing up and the set being done. <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> like, like here's the three things I need yeah, and then we can work around it. And I think that I'm feeling this way more now just because I'm 35 and moving into like this last show that we did. I mean, we did three two story sets in a row, which is all my fault because I designed all of them. Mm-hmm. It's just so mm-hmm. frustrating because like I know that I'm going to have to build it, but you have an idea and it's it's almost like, well, I'm just going to it's just I'm just going to be in pain. So we'll like I'll deal with that, but this is going to look awesome. Yeah. So I'm just going to move I'm just going to move through it. But you always want to have something interesting about the set so that even when things maybe aren't happening, that yeah. there's always something to look at. There that's is one something of the things, going on. Yeah. Like in the Adams family, there was all these beautiful things that were happening and none of them were like overly complex, but mm-hmm. it was always something to look at on well, the stage. All of that was just about problem solving. I mean, it's kind of amazing how much performing and direct, like being in this role is about problem solving in many ways. Yes. Kind of, you know, when we're in the black box, that we performed in quite a bit um, down in downtown Alexandria. There are these columns that are absolutely hor- I've never seen a black box space have two massive columns in the dead middle of the stage, but they're not in the dead middle of the stage. Yeah, they're Sorry. actually off-centered they're a little centered. bit. And so you have way more space on the stage left side than you do on the stage right side whenever you're doing a proscenium setting. And it's the the only way that you can get as many seats as you possibly can in there doing it that way. So uh-huh. you get kind of stuck. But anyway, it's just, and they also have a terrazzo floor, which is like, can you have been doing, you've been having this theater for so long. Can you just put in a spring floor? Yep. Just, just, just uh, anyway, soapbox or whatever. But it like that is about problem solving. Mm-hmm. How do you make, integrate those columns into your set to make it look right? But the thing that sucks about that is, is that then you incorporate them into walls and it's 20 feet. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, all right, a 20 foot wall. And it does look a little funny when you've got eight foot flats that just stop. Yeah. It and just stops. These two columns that just continue. It just up doesn't endlessly. work. Yeah. It just doesn't yeah. work. And the thing at, um, at, at the conservatory at Bolton conservatory is that they are in a transition. I mean, it's a hundred year old school and the fly space was condemned and taken out. And so we're waiting on, you know, this bond to pass that has passed that we're going to get, you know, this money, it's supposed to be a million dollar renovation for this theater, which is Mm -hmm. awesome. But it's also like, Oh, this is going through the government. So we could literally never see this until I retire. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, did don't isn't this great? You're retired, and we got this old technology coming. <laughs> I imagine that the people there are also old. Um, yeah, <laughs> we grew up together. <laughs> we aged with this bond, but they're supposed to be replacing it, and I'm really excited for whenever that comes. But at the moment, since it's an older theater, older theaters don't have backstage space. Mm-hmm. So my solution was to just build 
everything to where the stage was completely filled with set. Yeah. And it's a massive proscenium stage. And so that was just a lot. It was a lot of a lot of motion. I mean, I think that the the windows on the top of that eight foot platform were like thirty feet in the air. <laughs> which Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a good day. That was not an OSHA day. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, it was just that was a really phenomenal. Whatever want to know, he said OSHA, 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 H-A? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Anyways, now we're gonna hit their algorithm. They're gonna be like, "Who's this guy? We need to watch out for him." Yeah. What's going on there? No, but anyway, it was high school. Um. It was a it was a very phenomenal thing. It was cool seeing, you know, the way that we went about it with creating that design was to have the kids in the technical theater class all come up with their own separate design. And then I pretty much looked at all of their drawings and took crumpled those up, threw them in the trash and then lit them on fire. (laughs) And I took little bitty pieces of every single one of them. And I incorporated all of it into one scenic design, Mm -hmm. which was cool um, and difficult, but it was neat to see like them to be able to look at the drawing and have their portion of it. That was their idea. So that every single time we went into class, they could look at it and be like, oh, this was this was me. And when people came in, if there was an assembly, they're like, oh, hey, I did like this graveyard. That was my idea. It's just really neat. Like seeing also got to be a little stressful sharing that space with the rest of the school for assemblies. Yeah, I can't even They like. Yes. Yes, it is. It is very <laughs> difficult, like trying to be a good accommodating person and I feel like this might be just a theater person problem like you want to accommodate everyone because you feel like you can't say no Mm -hmm. because just the fact you exist I guess is just you know like you're so lucky (laughs) it's like I'm doing good things you know like come on also if you kids break my set I'll break your kneecaps yeah I mean like they scheduled a glow in the dark pep rally in the theater on the day we opened oh love that (laughs) love it (laughs) it's like Okay, this is going to be good. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, it, it's it's good because I want the kids to feel like it's their space and I want them to see it and to to know that good things are happening there and that new things are happening there, but at the same time it's like, oh my god, this is so stressful. Like do yeah. not break anything. Um, but yeah, we did all that stuff, but also you directed your first show. I did. I did. And that was um well, kind of like you said, you, you become this like problem solver to mm-hmm. a bunch of things. And one of the including humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the the most important thing I think I learned ultimately is that. Um, and this is this is not a fault on on anybody. I'm not calling anybody out for any bad thing. It is that, you know, d- dealing with actors, they are so focused on their whole little world that they're creating for their character mm-hmm. that it is to them the most important thing about the show. Right. And so many times as a problem solver, you have to think, I understand, but I have to see all of it. Yeah. Like I get what you're saying to me, Yes, but (laughs) I'm going to agree with you because I understand the bigger picture that you seemed blinded by. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, (laughs) it's that kind of a thing. It's, and it, and it's, not I'm not talking down or, or punching down on anybody. It it is just one of those things where it's like, the, if if you can make it happen, then absolutely let's do it. Yeah. Um, well, and it is empowering, like trying to figure out ways to empower people. That if it is something that is like make or break, but is for them, but is actually small potatoes to the grand scheme of things as far as the problems that you have to solve. Mm-hmm and then they need to do it or it won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it just, but also not making them feel like they're not being heard. Mm-hmm. Like you want everybody to know that they have a voice. Um, but it is kind of difficult. Like you almost wish that there was somebody to be like, we understand that <laughs> you have all of this. Yeah. But, and that this problem is minuscule in comparison, mm-hmm. you know, it's just those kinds of things. It's, it's hard to have that perspective in the moment. But I would say that you had an incredibly successful first show. Well, thank you. It was a lot of, I don't know, there was a lot of feelings behind watching that happen as a producer, like the owner of the company, to be able to sit back and, I mean, I don't guess I was sitting back, but I mean, to to like remove myself from the equation and then still have everything work. Yeah. Um, 
and I know that that's because we have such amazing people like you and Amanda who are just going to make sure that it happens. Oh, absolutely. And I will and say, you know, did. a lot of people stepped in to, to help us along the way, especially yeah. like with constructing the set and, and, and uh, such as Jeremy Wayback's arcade, you know, came help build the set and everything. And your mom was sort of a godsend and kept me sane because it was like, you need to eat. I say, I, let me finish this one thing. Nope. Stop. You're and eating now, right now. All of a sudden, you might understand just a little bit about why I am the way that I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in in hindsight and stepping away from it, it you know now that I'm removed from it, I understood all of the sort of neuroses that you have in uh -huh. going because like I don't know that I have the mental capacity for one more thing. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't. Yeah, you do not. Yeah, you absolutely do not. And it's even it's I feel like it's compounded um whenever you're working on multiple projects at once and mm -hmm. you're trying to keep things in line and also like your mental space separated so that you know that okay look I, i've got this thing coming up but i cannot deal with that right now and that was kind of difficult even for me even though you had taken the reins for orient express when i was working on stuff for the school like for my job and I'm trying to like divide things up and be like, all right, I'm going to be able to do this for play on. And I'm doing this like for Bolton. Mm -hmm. like, and, like, how is this going to work? Yeah. And, you know, the I, I sort of see like all of the things that you talk about because it was I was second guessing everything. I thought, does this work? Does does do any of these choices work at all? Is this going to make sense? I'm trying to tell a murder mystery. Yeah. Or is it too obvious if we do some of these things? Uh, I, you know, mm -hmm. and you hope for the best. And, you know, it was I really mean, you fulfilling. You'd like run in confidently, like, you know, like guns blazing or whatever. And you get to the finish line and you immediately think, oh, yep. I don't know anymore. Yeah. I've seen it too much. Like, it are all these people just agreeing with me? <laughs> Do I have like <laughs> yeah. whatever that syndrome is that thinks that I invented these people and that they're, this is all, they're just going along with it. Yeah. Cause they don't have any other way out. And they're like, this is what we're doing. It's the nervousness of that first audience that sees it. Yeah. And you think, do, will this work? Yeah. I mean, it's just like when you're doing a comedy and you forget that it's funny. Yeah. And then you start trying to think of new things and you can almost ruin it by yeah. like trying too hard because what you had originally was awesome, mm -hmm. but then you want to keep it fresh. And so you end up destroying what you've created. Um, no, yeah, I will I think say knowing too. when to stop and when it's perfect yeah. is done, <laughs> but also like understanding that you will never stop discovering new things that you could have put into the show, mm -hmm. even in performance and then after performance, which yeah. I think is why it's easy to do shows that you've already done before to like get back in there and be like, I can come up with like, I, I can think of so many new things. Yeah. Like I swear I feel like I've played, I've, I've played Oberon in Midsummer five, six times <laughs> and Oh man, do I hate that? But <laughs> I mean, I could still. You know, you were asking that. me what I wanted to direct next, and I thought, no, we're not doing okay, that. Yeah. Um, a one man Oberon. I'll just do all of Oberon's monologues. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I know that I could look at that script right now and approach that role completely different, you know, and that it would be totally fresh. And no, I will say, new. You're also in a different. And phase I know of that life. I'm a lot yeah. older, but it's still. Like I, I know that I would think back to those decisions I made and I probably would make some of those still, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I would also have all of this new stuff because I see it in a different way and I hear it in a different way. But, and speaking of that, you know, what was really interesting was watching, uh, cause you know, I'd read the script, I don't know, probably about 20 times yeah. before our first ever rehearsal. And so I had like in my mind sort of the structure or the uh, scaffolding of each character. And then once everybody started to lean into it and, you know, you'd given me that advice. He's like, okay, have sort of a bare bones thing for your first blocking rehearsal mm -hmm. and then watch people and see what they lean into and then like run with that. Yeah. Trust their instincts. Yes. Cause yeah. you know, we hired or, you know, we cast these people on purpose yes. where, where we want them to bring their skill set to the table. And it's always 
it was always so interesting to see like how the relationships were forming with each character mm-hmm. along the way and what each person was bringing to the table. And the, it, it, I could not, I, I just did a, a Cody, uh, um, <laughs> but it, 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 it is so fulfilling. Yes. In such a weird way. It was like, I never thought of the character that way, but what you're doing is so brilliant. Right. And, and you're bringing it to life. Well, it's it's like you get to be everybody's papa. You yeah. know, you're like you see you give them something and you get to see them morph it and change and let it grow into something that makes sense to them. And mm-hmm. then giving them something then that they take ownership of. And it's like you were never there. Yeah. That is that's like best case scenario. Like I never had anything to do with this. It's just you. Yep. Um, of course you had everything to do with it, <laughs> but you just don't want that in their brain. You know, you want it to be like a second skin for them, yeah. you know, and that's one of the things that I enjoyed so much about, you know, the, the production that you had put on was not only, you know, I, I know that environments are really big for me as far as when we design sets and when we have the audience come in and I just think that it was a complete and utter home run from, you know, Christian Godet's brilliant sound design because you two work together. You know, he's designed, uh, he's done the, he's composed things originally for us a lot. Yeah. And he designed all of the, the music for Mockingbird when we did it. And it was phenomenal. And I didn't think it could ever be better. And it was just, I know that's kind of like comparing apples and oranges because Mockingbird was a completely different thing. Yeah. But we wanted a certain what, feel to it. Yeah, and he did exactly what was... It was so perfect, and I could never imagine anything different. Um, but you could tell that you and he had such a like an understanding of what was needed for the show. Mm-hmm. And that you communicated as artists very well together because it just translated so well onto the stage. And, I mean, you had incorporated that music so precisely into the show that I, I, it was it was truly that was honestly out of everything my absolute favorite part of the of it like seeing how you worked this music into it yeah and I mean it was like the whole thing had a soundtrack mm-hmm. which is very difficult I mean whenever you're splitting your mind in two like that of saying okay I need like I, we're going for this feel and I know that you're musically minded but we're going for this feel, but I need these things to happen exactly when this music shifts. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really a a joy watching you hit that space bar (laughs) a thousand times in the sound booth for in Q lab. But, um, I mean, it was just really awesome. So one of the, one of the really cool things about working with Christian in that capacity and both of us, loving sort of the Hans Zimmer or the, yeah. or really the Howard Shore, like of the, the Lord of the Rings light motif thing. And it, unless you watch the show multiple times, I don't know if you would have caught it, but there's something that like happens to your mind when you hear, because in the show, it's mostly about this little girl, girl who is murdered. And it, like the whole thing is driving off of that story point. And it, we, we did a thing for our production where you didn't, see it at all you just heard it yeah there was nothing happening on stage other than a light shift your imagination is always so much more powerful yes and we wanted to to sort of use that and so he like scored this one little thing that i i called daisy's theme yeah into everything that had to do with her Mm -hmm. and it was sort of the common thread so that when you get to this like big crescendo at what we had sort of choreographed with the music and the actors and, and so many people. Uh, so talking to Amanda last night, she said in that last moment, didn't know if it was ever going to work. And then it was opening night and the lights and the music and just having the audience there and the emotion. And it just all hit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. It's like, well, it's hard I think that it, it, some of it, I think is about people trusting, yeah, trusting you. And I, I think at this point we have worked with, I mean, we have what I would call like our core group of people that we really enjoy to work with that keep coming back. Mm -hmm. And I do enjoy that we have in that core group, new people with every show, yeah, which is awesome. And then it's like, we have a whole new core group of people in our little community. It's, it's great. Um, but I, 
I find that they it, it is <laughs> with newer people and with new directors too, it's hard to trust that the end product is going to work. <laughs> yeah. Because you have no, you have no like, um, what's it, what's it called? You have Cache. no proof. Yeah. yeah. You don't have any thing to say like, Oh, this has happened before, yeah. you know? And that takes a lot of trust on everybody's account to be like, I am going to go with you in this and we're going to, we're going to support you in every way possible. <laughs> like I'm either going to look like an idiot or the coolest person ever on stage. Yep. <laughs> we're either going to make our money back or we're going to lose everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like there's, there's, there's no middle ground. Really. Mm-hmm. So I don't but know. I it takes a lot of trust. And that with... is a difficult thing for a director to build in his cast. Yeah. And I think that that is a really awesome thing that you did because we did have a lot of, I don't know. I just glazed over what you said, but I wanted to say it. <laughs> you, created this world of trust within your cast and it had a lot of people in it that had never done a play on show before. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't have any previous experience about the way that we work and, you know, like our extreme weirdness about scheduling and time. And, you know, you just were, I think in doing what you said you were going to do and sticking to that, you created that trust Mm -hmm. even though they were like we don't know if this is gonna work they still were like (laughs) showing up every day yeah and then it worked Mm -hmm. and you know rodney made it to the bed (laughs) i have never done a show and i like my dad would be the one person in the history of the world that could miss an entrance as a dead body yep (laughs) (laughs) it was one of the most beautiful things it's like grand dress and there comes out the bed and like, there's no body on no it one I, there. Like, I honestly thought for a second like one i cannot tell you the joy that i had as a sideliner of just seeing the rush of like annoyance and fury go across your face and like that hard sigh and i thought it ain't me <laughs> like i'm just i'm just a bystander i'm so glad that I, yeah, <laughs> that I just get to sit back and uh, and, and watch this unfold. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just I ran I ran over you earlier. What were you gonna say? Oh no, no, I just really wanted to touch back on having those conversations with Christian about you know trying to always tell the story. And this is what I always said to you along the way when you came to a couple of rehearsals and had some small suggestions. But um. Really, it's about always telling the best story that we can and having those conversations with Christian all along the way, like, hey, can we maybe try this with like something ticking in the background so that it, I don't know, is always like you feel that tension so that we, yeah, yeah. And, and just having those conversations that we all, and even in the transitions, I always want it to feel like there is motion happening. Mm -hmm. And he was more than gracious with his time and efforts because I don't think I reused a single sound cue. No, yeah, you. it was all new all the time. Yeah. And it was also, it was just all so perfect. And I just, I'm so thankful that we have created this world of people that are so passionate about it, you know, like you with your storytelling and like Amanda with her weird insanity about props. I just love that. How people Not just her props, but she things. did so and well costumes. with the costumes. Yeah, costumes and props, like, just like making sure everything was period and it just I just love bringing people in and seeing the little things that they latch on to and they're like I'm gonna make sure that this yeah is perfect and it's the world you know um it was like her with the kite in little women I think she spent an entire day making a kite and researching it to make sure that it would have been the thing that somebody would have bought on the beach and like there was this what like 90 or there was this menu that was used for four seconds in the show. Yeah. And she went and found what the actual menu would have looked like. It's just so And just much. went above and beyond. And I so appreciate and but love her for that. little things like that that make it as an actor. I mean, you, you're, it's elevates your performance mm-hmm. so much as an actor. I mean, you know, people, I've done shows with people and they'll give you a letter, you know, and it has stuff written on it that's like, um, you're silly and your nose is fat or something like that. And you're supposed to look at it and be like, the murderer is in the next room and crumple it up or whatever it is. I don't know. Like you read this heartfelt letter and you're looking at something stupid. Um, 
and everybody laughs, but, and that's, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have fun, but what is the purpose? Yeah. What is the purpose? You're trying to break the person. And yeah. You're like the tear, like the tear. You're there that to you're do, just trying to build. Yeah. You're there to do this show. And I'm just thinking about that one thing in particular, because like Ty did all of those letters for little women mm-hmm. and he, you know, wrote it with his fancy ink and calligraphy pens or whatever they're called. And they were all so perfect. Yeah. And it just takes your the actor's performance just up two notches, mm-hmm. you know, and it just makes everything so much more real, which is what it is about, is creating this incredibly real environment. But I do want to also say I accept the compliment from earlier. And, you know, that is always going to be our, our first step with Play On is always to build this beautiful environment with people mm-hmm. to where they can come and bring their ideas and they can trust that, you know, we're not going to steer them in a, in a bad direction. Mm-hmm. It's like, understand that we like, this might look weird and it might feel weird, but it is to punctuate this thing that happens later. Oh yeah, like You got to try and, and you know, when you have that moment and that aha moment with the actor and they see later on when they're watching the whole show, cause this was basically an 11 person cast and everybody was on the stage a lot. A lot. Yeah. And while that was, I, you know, I joke all the time with you about like, I, I want the next thing I do to have a smaller cast or, or this was really daunting, but it was also really challenging in a way that I really wanted to step up to the plate, not just for play on, not just for you, but also for myself to say, I can do something of this scale. Yeah. I mean, and you did it. I mean, that's, that's, it is, it is a very big, it is a very big thing. I, and I, think that on some level you realize that just the level of accomplishment but it was really really awesome and i was so happy that so many people came to see it oh you know that was such a good so glad we flipped like all of our ideas and threw them all away because we'd we'd basically had the set design done kind of like what we were going to accomplish with the show i really didn't think that it was going to be like a crazy amount of people yeah um for just a straight play old murder mystery i just didn't think that it was and when we had done little women it was kind of you and lexi that said i mean that's one of the things is knowing when to listen to people (laughs) yeah um because it was we were we were leaving um we had just broken down the set for little women and i remember calling you and saying we have to change it all yeah we can't give up any seats well we had gotten we had been very fortunate and i had sold out every show except for one for little women. Mm-hmm. And then we did the exact same thing for murder on the Orient Express. And we had to turn people away one night. Yeah. Um, which is sad for them, but best case scenario for us. Yes. Um, and it's, it, I don't know. I, I feel like that we're finally starting to, you know, I guess reap what you sow in a, in a sense, like we're mm-hmm. starting to finally get, um, which I guess people, say that most of the time is a bad thing, but yeah, <laughs> this is a good thing. I mean, you do reap what you sow and we are trying so hard to create a, a positive environment with above and beyond excellent storytelling. And I think that, you know, we're seeing the fruits of our labor Yeah, and that's, that's really what it is. And people are starting to come back. I mean, it is really cool seeing the people that have been to every single one of our shows. And it's also really cool seeing the people that, saw the last one and came back because of the last one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, people, I think, I, I don't know. I just think that, that speaks volumes. And it also makes me really excited because in seeing that, it makes me feel like we're also now building a trust with our audience, which is very, very important as yes. a theater company that, you know, then you can hopefully start introducing some newer works to them that they would never go see yeah. otherwise. But since you're doing it, they're like, uh, okay, we'll we'll give it a shot. Now you can't fail when you do that. <laughs> yeah. Because then everything you've worked for is done. So that is a little stressful, but it does make me excited for the future. Um and which is what we've been talking about a lot is what is our season going to be? And especially whenever we are in a community right now that is that seems overly saturated. Oh, with right now it's so many shows all of the time. I mean, I know I'm in like a struggle even at the conservatory because it's like, you know, when we we are only doing three shows at the conservatory, and 
everywhere else, you know, like all of our surrounding schools are doing, you know, eight, six to six eight, to eight shows, yeah. um, for their whole year, which I just am blown away by it. Kind of mind boggles. I don't know how they have the time. Um, and I know that like me neither, because I have to say like legitimately did not have the mental capacity for any other thing. Yeah. I mean, like thinking about, I mean, we we ended our show and we auditioned for the next one. My next performance is in February, and with this with the with the conservatory, and sure we will be working on stuff with play on while that is going on, um, but it is still like I I just can't imagine doing it any sooner. Yeah, I also can't imagine doing like two shows between now and then. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's that's what's wild to me and. I guess I should say I can't imagine doing them well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but well, and that's one of the things that I find very important. Like I think a lot of people will throw sort of like the kitchen sink mentality. Like let's throw everything into the kitchen sink and try to see how many of these different shows we could do, and they only know them by name. Yeah. Whereas you know we think very methodically about hey we really want to do this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read the script a lot. Yeah. before I get there. Well, it's also just making sure that you're going to be doing justice to the work. Yes. And, and you that know, it's purposeful because we, it takes so much time. I mean, it is murderous to your mental health and your physical health. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's just, it is a lot. It is a lot to undertake to do something in the way that I feel that it should be done anyway. But we and, do a very good job, I think, of finding that balance of because realistically, we, for the most part, rehearse three days a week, two hours, and it's a cutoff. It's six hours. Yeah, it's six yeah. hours a week. Six and then hours. I hear so many people coming up saying they just left a five hour rehearsal or they went to a rehearsal yeah, and one day, yeah. the person or their director was blocking in the moment. Like, didn't, which, you know, like five hour rehearsal whenever, yeah, <laughs> five hour rehearsal whenever you're whenever you are getting paid to be there, like this is your job. That makes sense. Like, that's awesome. But are you doing the show and are you putting it up in two weeks? Like, why are you in, in my mind, when I hear that, I hear unprepared and unprofessional. Yep. And I just don't see any other way out of it. I'm like, you are taking advantage of other people's time because you're not prepared. Yeah. And that's not okay. And in that case, you should send them home and get yourself prepared. Yeah. I don't know. Because there was, you know, full transparency, and I don't know if I've even told you this, but there was a couple of scenes that I'd blocked in a certain way, and they didn't work. So we had to re-block them the next time we came around to them. It was like, this doesn't work. We're going to have to, like, change all of this. And I know that that's different from what, (laughs) like, I, I just looked at Sam, our stage manager, and she was viciously she was like, I understand what this is like. <laughs> it's like working with Cody again. But in in that way, it's like, you know, I can admit that I was wrong and this didn't work. And what I had in my mind didn't pan out. Yeah, but that's a huge deal. I mean, I have worked with directors that they know that what they have done doesn't work in the grand scheme of things. And then they put it on the actor and they're like, make that work. Because I gave it to you to make it work. And but when I don't understand that, like digging like, your heels in for figure an idea. It out. It's like, it's not, I am never wrong. Like, that's not, that's not a good leader. Like, yeah. you have to know when you're wrong and you have to fix it. Or else, why would anyone else admit when they are wrong as an actor and try to fix it? Like, you create this, you know, this um, elitist mentality within your show. It's just, it's poison. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I did not know that you had to reblock a couple of things, but I assumed that you did because you directed a show like that happens. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to, you're going to have an idea of something and then realize, Oh wait, no, this is, doesn't going to flow that way. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at it, I mean, in your head, you know, um, uh, playwright, Mary Coyle chase. Um, she, she wrote, kiss Mary kill. No, no. Okay. Uh, Mary Coyle chase. She, she wrote Harvey and uh, this other play, Cocktails of Mimi and something else. It doesn't matter. But she was very specific with her stage directions. And as a playwright, she would literally, like, in her script, there would be a drawing of what the set was. And she would, um, the way that she would do it is she would write her own stage directions in. 
and uh, you had to do them or the flow of the show wouldn't work. So, like, if you direct a Mary Coyle Chase play, you're just going to have to do what she has done. Yeah. Like, you would talk about David Olselznik. Um, like making sure that she's the one making the decisions, but she also would like do the set and then she would have the lines flowing in such a way that it was like integral to the show yeah. to have these people go in. But what she would do is she would, she would draw that set out and she would use pennies and she would go through the dialogue and go through all the different options of it. And then she would write down the best option. And it was a lot of like people coming and going, coming and going. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. um, I don't remember why I told you this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's well. You, you were basically but that talking was saying, about that's the only the only time I feel like when there are no other options. I mean, and she has literally exhausted everything, and she's giving you everything. Here's but, the only way to perform this yeah, correctly. Yeah. It's the only way to, which is because it's so why rhythmic people to the, don't really do yeah. it very much anymore. Um, I mean, Harvey is an amazing, amazing show. I do really love that play, uh, but I don't think I'll ever do it. But I do really love the play. Um, she's a really cool lady anyway, but you should look her up sometime. She was a flapper and a reporter and, uh, actually we had dinner the other night. I don't know what you're talking about. Mary cool chase. Mm -hmm. She'd been dead for a long time. Well, I used a Ouija board. So she was one of the very first (laughs) female playwrights to ever sell, um, her play and then write the screenplay and sell it for a million dollars. I was actually going to make that comment by the way, that what she's writing sounds a lot like a screenplay. Yeah, she wrote, well, Harvey is actually a screenplay. Mm. Like, I mean, Harvey started off as a stage play and it had Jimmy Stewart in it. And then she uh, was approached by, I think it was Warner Brothers, and they wanted it, or uh, Paramount or something. They wanted it for their show. Like, they wanted to do a film version of it. And um, she said, yeah, you can have it, but you're going to have to pay me a million dollars. And they were like, you're insane. She said, no, I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> and they paid her a million dollars yeah, just yeah. for the script, which, you know, that's really cool. Small she potatoes a, today, by the way. Yeah. But I mean, for her at that time, that was really huge, but there is a film version of it with mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart. That is really, really good. You should watch it sometime. Um, but yeah, so we've been talking about our season and it is so difficult to choose a season. I mean, there are, thousands of plays yes you know there are thousands of shows and it's almost impossible to run out and somebody had asked me you know what are you going to be doing next especially at murder on the orient express so many times i was asked what is the next show what is the next show what is the next one and and that is really hard to come up with in a sense because you want to be doing something that's not already being done or else what is the point yeah and or that hasn't been done to death yeah that hasn't been done to death um like those two guys that keep doing greater tuna like give it a rest (laughs) there's only so many times (laughs) that's impossible you can never do tuna too much i don't care what anybody says um but anyway so it's just looking at things and trying to form our season is is difficult and one of trying to find a space when there isn't something already being Mm -hmm. performed and then also like realizing where do we want to perform this show? Yeah. And things have changed a bit in our life circumstance. Obviously, like we have You've had a little baby bird, yeah. And yeah, we have our daughter. And so I am not gonna really be directing much in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is awesome that you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind of strange because one of the things that I love so much about our company is getting to work with all of us yeah. together. And like even whenever we do shows and you're not in a scene or like Lexi can't be there for whatever reason, like it kind of sucks. Like yeah. it's like, where are my people? Like I want my family back. Like what is going on? And it's just like a very different vibe. <laughs> like when we were doing Tuck earlier uh, this year and I wasn't called to a rehearsal Where's Chris? Yeah, I was like, where? I don't understand. Why Why would he not be here? He's not here. And then it occurred to me like, oh, he wasn't called. But I don't know why he didn't just come. (laughs) That's so strange. Um, But yeah, it's nothing against you. It was just like, this is not a play on production. Like, I'm just going to take my time. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it's just there is just so many things to consider. It's also finding something that we want to do and that we will do well. Yeah. And we have 
some options and I'm really loving the options that we have and I'm excited about like releasing that stuff out. I'm also really excited to do greater tuna again because mm-hmm. we are going to do that. I guess we can announce that we I are just, doing that. I just figured yeah. we were going to say that, um, that we are doing greater tuna again and I'm excited to do it not in Alexandria, but do it in Marksville. Yes. Um, in kind of like one of our second homes at the Fox theater here, which is awesome. I was like one of my absolute favorite performance venues ever. Yes. I just love it so much. I I love love, that it used to be like this old movie theater and like the seating is kind of arranged for that. So there's not a bad seat in the house anywhere. Everywhere you go is a good seat and it just, it's just a good like feel. It just feels like home. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited about working with, trying to understand that relationship because you know we're and and we we're looking at you know just logistically me directing you know x number of shows is or the amount of shows that i used to direct is just not possible yeah and staying like doing a show in alexandria for me and doing a show at the conservatory and trying to do something at the fox and you know it's just a lot yeah that's too much, as you well understand. Yep. <laughs> like, I, I, I legitimately now, I have no idea how you were sort of not ripping at the seams, if you will. Um, because. For the, what? Like for doing as many general? shows. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, just because, like, one show, and I was like, I have to take a step back, recalibrate, and yeah. recoup, and then go back into the world. Well, it is difficult when you're working on multiple productions. But I guess it would be different if I had it all lined are, up. Yeah, and it's I think it's because you have to you have to think like all right, I can dedicate this like I can work on set design for this show and I can work on marketing for the other show. Mm-hmm. And those Of course I won't have the pressure of like trying to make sure yeah. that this is my first show. Right, yeah. Is yeah. everything handled, taken care of? I want to do a good job not just for me but for play on, right. keep the name. It is a lot. I mean, it's just kind of like I guess the pressure that you probably felt in performing the first play. Yeah. Which is a lot. But, you know, I, I just, and I do think that, like, I going back to the performing Greater Tuna again, I'm excited to do that with the Marksville audience that is always so supportive of us yeah. in Alexandria and to be able to do something, a show that they all love and that we do genuinely get asked when we're going to do it again mm-hmm. all the time. All the time. Um, but, which to is be able a to do that, very yeah, humbling and gratifying I love that thing, yeah, so much. And it, because obviously we have a good time doing <laughs> it, but to be able to do that, like in a place that is is central to us, yeah, and like where Lexi and I live, you know, um, and being able to contribute to the Fox because the Fox is a nonprofit theater, and with me being so busy in Alexandria and with our own theater company and not really having anyone, you know, stepping up necessarily and wanting to direct shows there. Um, it just kind of like worries me. So I just, we want to make sure that stuff is surviving there. So it's kind of like, we were talking about our season of, okay, so what are we going to do? Like what goes with play on what goes with the Fox? Mm -hmm. How do we, how do we make sure that everything is good, which is normally, a recipe for disaster, I must say. Like, you can't give yourself to everything and have all of it be perfect because yeah. it's going to suffer. Um, so that's why we're trying to be very precise with our decision-making. And, you know, I don't really... At, at this point, with the release of so many other people's seasons coming around, I don't even know if it's necessary because we don't do season ticket holders. Yeah. For us to even release the entire season at once. Yeah. Um I mean, I know like a marketing standpoint, it's nice to say this is what's coming up. Get excited about what we have. Like look at this in the future, but I kind of feel like it's more like okay, these people are doing all this stuff. Now we can do this other thing. Yeah. So now that I know what they're doing, we'll do something different and do it on a different day. I don't know. It's more or less just trying to understand how to deal with, I guess it feels like what what it's like to be a small business that has a good product and you're surrounded by Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always stealing your ideas. Yeah. Too. You're like, hey, can you come in? Yeah. Come in here. This is good. Thank God we have our audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is really awesome to be back 
and doing scene partner stuff again. And I think that we're working towards it's understanding weird because how all of a to, sudden we like sat down and like 10 minutes into this. I just felt like everything is back the way that it should be. It's all yeah, back. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just what we do. But I think that we understand this, maybe like how to make this happen a little bit. But also, um, I would be remiss to say like, congratulations, beautiful baby girl. Yeah, I know. She's I know amazing. we like said it and glossed over it, but I just want to. We've recorded a podcast. Not, since, she's not since she's been born. I don't believe it. The last one the we last... recorded was shortly before she was born. No way. Because we haven't recorded. However old she is is how long we've she we've been doing ha- oh haven't God. done this. That's two two like two months. Of yep. Like a, so everybody weeks. that's listening now, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, missed you. It's been a, so many things have happened. Absolutely so many but things. But it is kind of weird because this is the first really you and I conversation we've had in a very long time. Yeah. Like without, just us. I mean, not other than just on the phone. Yeah. Quick, you know, yeah, 40 minute conversations, but. That's I mean, different. it's difficult. Um, it, it's, it was, I mean, it was strange also like working at the conservatory in the last show and not having you or Lexi there at all. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, whole new different group of people. Like this is cool, but I'm, I'm excited with working with them, but I can't help myself in trying to figure out ways to get y'all involved. <laughs> yeah. You invited me like for your grand dress. Yeah. And- I was like, you can still be around. Um, but I mean, I'm, it, it's all good things and you know work stuff is is stressful and it it is hard to have a day job and I do you know there's always I think going to be a part of me that just wishes that all I had to do was run play on theater company man if we could have won that two billion (laughs) dollar I like that you think we win two billion dollars and I'm like all right we're doing greater tuna I mean yeah of 2025 yeah we're gonna be be gone for a while i mean we'll be doing podcasts from different locations and those costumes for greater tuna will still be tacky someone else is going to edit it (laughs) like someone else is going to edit it yeah they'll be tacky but they'll be quick release yeah but i didn't didn't (laughs) want to say like all of a sudden we're going to have high quality yeah no someone else will just edit it yeah um no, like, can you imagine if all the costumes were actually just quick release? <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be so good. If every single thing just was a breakaway. Snapped, pulled back on. Because I will say, when other people do the show, they do not do it the way that we do it. There is, no, like, I watched after the fact. I watched after the fact, and no one is coming back on in seven seconds. Yeah, no, no, no. They don't do it. They don't do it like That's that. That's some horse mess. It also, like, they're not doing the like intensity I feel of the amount of costume that we put on. No, <laughs> you literally threw a shirt on and that's it. Yeah. We're it's you, a full costume. That's, that's not no shoes and all. Yeah. No, 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 no. And they're just like only wearing one pair of pants, but I, I don't know. I also like enjoys that. That's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. Sorry, I was about to like. We go got on. like five minutes, so if you want to, no, I was going to go on the like. I don't understand people doing shows that were meant for only like one to two people to do, and then casting a whole bunch. Oh, of Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. See that that like to me takes losing. away the whole. I don't even part of it. see how it's funny, and you're not building that world in a very funny or meaningful way. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I don't. This isn't fun. Now I will say. After that first one and we were coming back for, you know, uh, Tuna Christmas, it was, I am out of personalities. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I'm kind of curious, what was, what is at this moment? Because I bounce back and forth constantly. But what is your favorite of the two shows? Greater Tuna or Tuna Christmas? So, this is kind of a, oh man, that's almost like a little bit of a double-edged sword in a way. I know because the, the like, preciseness and complexity of the first show is unmatched. It's yeah. Like yeah. Amazing. Like, like every word is so funny and, and it's you very can't have out. the second show without the first one, even though the second one does kind of stand alone. Exactly. But there's something to be said. Well, okay. I love what we did with tuna Christmas. I guess I should say, what is the thing that you enjoy performing the most? Probably one more. Really? Yeah, I think so. That's cool. 
The only thing that I enjoy more in one is uh, some Bertha stuff. Um, the poisoning with uh, the old yeah, lady yeah. and uh, and um, and then I and the Reverend Spikes. And even though like who knows what the Reverend Spikes is going <laughs> to say. <laughs> but I mean like that whole Reverend Spikes scene when when that old lady comes into the church and she greets everyone. Uh-huh. And they do the whole smut snatchers thing all the way into the Reverend Spikes. That to me is the most brilliant part of the play. Yeah. Like it is so good it's it tight so concise good. like every word matters and it just works so well like and i the, think that's maybe why i like that a bit more whereas yeah. like the second one or, or christmas rather is more situational yeah in that like we created this especially like with the older ladies and and having to navigate our ways into sort of what makes that really funny and Really, I think the second one, and I'm very excited to perform the first one again. I think this is really why I'm latching on to it a little bit more. Is that, yeah. you know, ha having said that to you, like, it's so nice to have people donate their time to come and watch us mm -hmm. basically mess with each other for two hours. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see what we're going to bring to the table for the first one again. Or just like what I forgot and then what I remember yes. along the way. Because I, yeah. I mean, I don't really know. I've, the other thing that's a little scary because of thinking about that, just me knowing what happened with the sheriff scene. And then honestly, I probably like might have gone a little too far. <laughs> like once the audience got there and then I was like, I'm just going to continue to do this because. No, I, there is, a I'm very just going to destroy Chris. There's a very distinct memory in my mind. You walked out and you did what you did and you saw it. You saw it all over my face like he's not going to hold it together. And I, then all of a sudden, it was like you were riding that wave of, oh, yeah. I don't really I understand what happened there as far as I was standing Literally in costume. Unlock that. I that don't safe. know what happened. I was standing in costume and I thought, I have not understood this share of scene one moment this entire rehearsal process and i thought you know this guy is really just a rooster and that's what i did that's exactly what you did and i and went out there and i and i and whatever unfolded is what unfolded and i don't understand why i chose opening <laughs> night to do that and i feel kind of bad about it because no you don't there was no, nothing <laughs> there was nothing as far as like rehearsal wise like we never did anything like that in that moment i just thought what is why is he like this is the thing he says <laughs> don't do what is happening i think my and, brain and like it, was, it just broke <laughs> either something came together or something fell apart it was watching you like you know how like a, a chicken will like just like grind the ground with their foot looking yeah. for food yeah, and you started, you started doing that, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like this smirk came over my face, and then I just w watched you put the Lego house together, and it was, oh, I got him where I want him now. But I mean, what's ridiculous is is that that was the scene, the entire rehearsal process. That let's just get through it. We could. I hated it. Yeah, I hated it so much, and I I didn't like it when I had done it before. Like you and I had performed it the other two times that I've done it. Yeah. And I still was like, oh, here we go again. This is a stupid sheriff scene. It was the first time that I was like, oh, maybe this is maybe this <laughs> is funny. And then when we had done those audience response <laughs> things and people said that was their favorite moment. And I was like, one, really sad because it was only about a minute long. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a long play for one minute. But it's just interesting how that happened and the exact same thing happened with Tuna Christmas where the scene that you and I were like, oh, here we go again, was ended up being the like laugh riot of the entire show. Yeah. And I still like am amazed by that. But it's I think that's also because we had to like live in it for so much longer and figure it out. Yeah, because it, it, it is such a weird thing. You, you know, you talked about comedy and overthinking it too much. Mm hmm. And then it, it, there's something about like in that moment when you're you're in it and you just have this thought of wouldn't this be funny if I did well it's this I thing? think it's knowing that you finally like giving yourself the uh, the permission 
to make a choice yeah and be okay with following that impulse is a huge thing you know the director of my theater program in college always used to say you have to run at the edge of the cliff you have no idea if there is a, a bridge there mm-hmm. and i will always applaud you if you fly off and there isn't a bridge yeah and it, it would and it's true every single time that we fell off the cliff and he would say like oh you fell like but good job you know i mean because (laughs) it's true you have to have that vulnerability and the the capacity to run and just see what happens yeah and you know i do think that's one of the amazing things about what we do is that failure is always always celebrated yeah you just don't want that to be what you're doing on opening night (laughs) yeah like that's when it should be like "Uh, maybe we should just (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe we should just seal this and not let anything new <laughs> come into the box. Yeah. So I guess I should say that I formally apologize to you, and yet I'm very happy that it happened. No, no, it it <laughs> it, it it happened in the way that it should have because. But if it was anybody else that I was acting with, like I wouldn't be able to make that kind of decision or snap judgment decision yeah. with a different performer, but. That is one thing that's so nice, um, and that was the way it was when Richard and I had performed it before, is that we had such a great friendship and understanding mm-hmm. of each other and performing that whenever we performed it together, it just kind of worked. Yeah. Um, and I feel the same way with you, which mm-hmm. is you know one of the reasons why we were like, oh, maybe I could actually do this show again. Um, but And I, I do feel kind of bad because I think that I have taken the place that like you are the me in the Richard and Cody situation and because <laughs> he would never give me the right cue. <laughs> like <laughs> it was, it was a grab bag and every single time it was my fault because no, he say. would speak and with confidence and just stare at me and wait for me to figure it out. Like it was never his fault. It was amazing. you and I have, have come a long way. I have left you on stage several times. Yeah, I would say that in the event of like somebody being cruel to anyone on stage, like you're the one that wins. Okay. Um <laughs> that's prove me one wrong perspective. I didn't come out roostering. <laughs> I came out. <laughs> I didn't just I leave you there. Technically made the entrance. <laughs> but that being said though, um it's just the you and I have this sort of rapport where we trust one another. Yeah. And then I think what we learned from the first one and what made maybe the second one, maybe more funny than the first one um, uh, in doing it for the first time was I felt the pressure, but like we learned from that first one, it's funnier when you and I are trying to mess with one another. Well, it's that you want the show to be so good and the characters to be so real that the audience buys into it. Yes. And then they also buy into the device that these are two guys yeah. playing every single human in this town. Yeah. And how are they doing it? And this is great. And oh my God, that guy is having a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> but also you and I have worked together so long that we speak sort of a, a similar language and that we understand. Like I know when you're done, like yeah. I don't actually know your word cues anymore because I learned it does no good. Yeah, no, don't even, I don't, well, I don't know this about myself, but thank you. Yeah, yeah, it it does no good because you live in such, and this is what I love about you as a performer, is that you live in such a moment on stage that if I learn all of what you're trying to encompass, then I can know how to respond to to that energy. Living in the moment. Yeah, and so like, so your lines may not be, precise every time but i will say you've given a master class on i got every line that was in that monologue in there (laughs) in some kind of order the most stressful moment in my whole life yeah but all that to say like you and i have worked together so long that i i understand the language that you're speaking Mm -hmm. and i don't need those sound cues or those line cues i understand you it is sort nice of like to be able physically. to look at someone and just be like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> or like, that's all I'm giving you. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Anyway, uh, okay. speaking of that's all I'm giving you, I think that's all we got. Okay. That's all we got. <laughs> I mean, I know it's been two months and we could do this probably forever. Yeah. But you always got to leave people wanting more. 
That's true. And I feel like we're going to work on making sure that we understand how to schedule this in the future. For sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. And now we're kind of out of the newborn stage, which is a little sad in some way. And also super exciting. Yeah. Like everybody's like, oh, enjoy the newborn stage because it goes so fast. I'm like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was great. But I'm also like super stoked for what's next. And yeah. I'm also super stoked for what's next as far as our theater company and our shows and stuff. So when we actually announce that, it'll be a great time. I just got to like make all the things and <laughs> yeah. secure all the rights and mm-hmm. do things. Dot all of the, uh, the T's and cross the I's kind of a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. because that's the right thing to do. All right, so um, what do you have to say? That is Cody Afanopoulos. Oh, my God. You've totally forgotten how to do this. I have. Christophanopoulos! Christophanopoulos!